ever wondered how taboo, shame, and lack of good sexual education have stripped away elements of pleasure in childbirth and parenting that are essential to loving, intimate relationships? Join me for another episode of Orgasmic Birth Podcast, Pleasure in Pregnancy, Birth, and Parenting, as we break down and heal barriers and open the door to more love and intimacy in birth and life. Have you considered what you want to heal to prepare for birth? In my workshops and classes, we discuss intergenerational trauma and what healing we want to bring to ourselves, as well as considering what aspects we want to celebrate, what cultural and spiritual traditions to honor and include in birth. There's such an opportunity in pregnancy to prepare for the healing power of birth. Hi, I'm Deborah Pascali Bonaro, founder and director of Orgasmic Birth and host of the Orgasmic Birth podcast. My guest today is extra special, Sandra Chardabar, and I'm so bad. Chardabri, am I saying it right? Correct me. It's close enough, right? Thanks. Okay. It's so hard in other languages, I know, and I'm bad with those rolling R's. But Sandra is a material scientist with both feet well-planted in the material side of living. Over the last few years, a series of traumatic experiences sent her down the rabbit hole of understanding herself and the world through new eyes, and she started developing her own spirituality. When she became pregnant, she saw it was a great opportunity to clear the negativity from her life by learning to set boundaries and healing old wounds. She wanted to approach motherhood as consciously as she could to not propagate generational trauma. Her birth experience was a great catalyst for her healing, and she's joining us today to share her birth story and discuss the healing power of birth. Welcome, Sandra. Thank you for joining us. Thank you so much, Deborah, for having me. It's such an honor to be here on this podcast with you. I so appreciate it because so often when people hear orgasmic birth, they think that it's only about talking about the joy and the pleasure. But I always hold, as you do in your story, that to reach there, we also all have to look at what healing we need to bring to ourselves. And I know that you've had an incredibly powerful healing journey for yourself and for generational trauma. Can you talk a little bit about that, where this began for you? So when I got pregnant, I think I realized that this was a really good moment for me to look into my trauma and really heal some wounds. And it started with a fear. Like the first things that I felt when I realized I was pregnant was, oh my God, like, am I in the right spot to do this? And even more so, I had heard so many different kinds of difficult or bad birth stories from friends and family. I was terrified of giving birth. And yet I knew somehow that it didn't have to be this negative thing. And so I thought of a great opportunity to finally do something really as consciously as I could. I felt up until that point I had been floating along in life like a leaf in the wind <laughs> and 
doing what other people around me had wanted for me rather than taking conscious choice myself. And I was sort of in a transitional phase in my life where many things were relationships, all that kind of thing. So, but the fear of birth, it was really strong. My instinct was actually to, I told my partner that if when I have to give birth, I'm just going to run into the forest and I'm going to give birth alone. That was the first thing I said. I don't want to give birth in a hospital. I don't want to give birth near anyone. That was how much I, I didn't trust people to be able to be there for me in the way I needed them to. But I still felt like hospital birth was, uh, I thought at the time it was the safest option. And so I planned for that. There's a great hospital in my area. They do water births if you want that. They have great midwives and so on. So I was like, okay, it's probably the best of the both worlds. So I will not do homes, you know, that seemed like a crazy idea. I will do this in the hospital. And then I had a, an encounter with, with a midwife that I did not like. It was one provider that just sent me down. Oh my God, I can't be around hospital staff. And so very late in my pregnancy, I switched all gears. And I decided I'm going to do a home birth. And so we, it was week 34. I was 34 weeks pregnant. And I was like, I'm going to do this at home. And we got the pool and the midwife and all the supplies. And I was so ready. And I was reading about physiologically normal birth and how it looks like it's no one is interrupting you and listened a lot to your podcast. And I took so many walks <laughs> in the area. Big pregnant belly, just waddling along, listening to the orgasmic bird podcast, feeling so ready. But then when my water broke, it was on my due date, actually, really spot on timing. There was meconium in the water and it just sent me straight into adrenaline. It was the one scenario I had never read anything about, not prepared for men. I had no plan B and we ended up going to the hospital just to check that baby was okay. And it seemed like everything was all right. So we went home again, but I could never really find the calm. And I felt like now that my water had broken, I was on the clock. I, you know, they expected me to give birth in a specific amount of time. And I, I also could not let go of that fear that the providers had that my baby would be in stress that there was something wrong because of the meconium. And so I could never really find the calm at home. I tried everything. I tried, I did everything like shower, relax thing, I had sex with my partner and everything, trying to just get into the mood, but just nothing would stick. And so in the end, we decided to go to the hospital after all. It was now over 24 hours after my water has broken and I had very small contractions up until that point, but nothing really going. And so it felt like a release getting into the hospital at that point. And I got all the monitor, monitors on. I, was, I had this big bowling ball belly. Every monitor would just be sliding off, like nothing would stick. It was super uncomfortable. But I was like, okay, this is where we need to be. I had accepted my faith at that, at that point. But I was trying to remember the things that I had hoped I would get to do at home. And so I started doing all of those things. I was singing. I was moving a lot. I was dancing. 
and really trying to find my groove with my belly. And I also went in the bathtub. All of those things helped. And I, I think, so I really enjoyed that part of labor. I really enjoyed it. I had heard so much about how it's going to be painful. But for me, I cannot describe the sensation in the early part of labor as painful, at least not for me. It was super, super intense. And if I can explain the sensation, it's like that pang you feel at the very end of a really good orgasm where it gets a tiny bit crampy and painful at the end. That's how it felt like for me. And so I tried to really harness that and be like, this is good. This is pleasurable. This is, I tried to get into that mindset because I truly believe that pain and pleasure exist in the same parts of the brain. And if you feel one, you can't feel the other. And that seemed to be true for me. So I really harnessed the intensity and felt really good about everything. But it was, yeah, it was a very long process. It felt like time was standing still. And I think for everyone else in the room, it probably felt that way too, because I was just going and going on. But yeah, I want to say uh, another thing I really felt or learned during that phase is that our voices really matter. So I... I was vocalizing a lot, not just singing. I did that too, which really was nice and got my body nice and relaxed. But I was doing, I felt very in, intuitive about using certain frequencies of my voice. And so I would go into these really deep, long, ah, ah, <laughs> these sounds. And it felt like the vibrations of that somehow communicated with my uterus. So I could feel the vibrations traveling down my body and it gave this massage, vibrational massage, relaxing, tingly feeling around my uterus, which obviously helped with the pain. I was like, oh my God, our bodies are pretty amazing. <laughs> we can do, like we, we have so many, let's say, opportunities for using our own bodies for pain release. And so at this point, I had been moving and singing and dancing and really finding my groove. And I figured I'm going to go in the bathtub and I'm going to bring out my vibrator because I did remember to bring that thing home. Because I was like, okay, I've heard this on the orgasmic birth podcast. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try this. And oh my God, <laughs> I tried it through a few contractions and it felt like I had opened the holy grail of birth pain relief. All the pain just transmorphed into the best pleasure I had ever felt in my life. And I wasn't even, I was still like early labor. So I could only extrapolate from that. Oh my God, it's probably going to even get better from here if I continue doing this. But then the nurses came in and they, they saw what I was doing and they were like, oh, you're going to create two strong contractions, not good for the baby. And they strongly recommended I didn't, that I stopped doing that. And I think I'm wondering if this is the point during my birth that I lost a lot of my confidence. I had up until that point really gone with the flow. I had felt everything moving the way that it should. I felt like I had agency and that I was on the same team as my body. And then at this point, I was told to stop. And I was like, okay, if I can't do this, then maybe I can't do other things. I just, I think it got to my head in a negative way. So that was so that was sad the... to hear, right? Because I feel like 
from a medical staff, like they're comfortable with Pitocin that would increase and make things stronger. But there's so much kind of body shame and we sterilize and don't want to integrate sexuality and labor. I'm so sorry to hear this point came for you when you were really finding your pleasure, but also your connection and your trust with your body and birth. Mm. So what happened next? Yes. So things picked up after the everything. So I think just natural progression, things got more intense. My contractions started coming more regularly and they were intense. And I do feel like I, if I think about this in hindsight, I think this is where the intensity of the contractions started becoming more intense than my mind was preparing for, or it's like my body overtook my mind or my, I don't know how to explain this, but it's like when you know that some intensity is coming, right. And you can surrender to that. It's easier. But I, I started resisting more and more because it was just, oh, this is too much. This is too much. This is too much. And I was having a really hard time and there was some complications with my, my urine not coming out. So they had to catheterize me and it, all these kinds of really uncomfortable things as well added on top of everything. And so in the end, I decided, okay, I'm going to try the nitrous oxide. It's the one thing I've heard about that it's, it's okay to use. It's not, it doesn't have any impact on the, on the baby. It doesn't have any impact on the progression of labor all of these things. So I figured, okay, this sounds like a good you know, first step for pain relief because I was really not having it at that time. And they told me, okay, you're going to feel, once the gas gets into your system, you're going to feel a little bit tipsy as if you're a little bit drunk and you're going to, you're going to still feel the pain, but you won't care so much about it anymore. And I can tell you that is just so far from the <laughs> And so far from the scenario that happened for me that I last at, oh, is that how it's supposed to feel? So for me, it really sent me into a hallucinating state. I, wow. I completely dissociated from my body and I could see myself in third person. I, my soul left my body. I could see myself on the bed and everyone else in the room. And my mind was just, my soul just flew out the window and it went to the other side of the universe. And I, I experienced all of the things that people talk about when it comes to psychedelic drugs, ego disintegration. I was embraced in this warm community of souls. No one particularly that I recognized except for my partner who I could, I found him at the other side of the universe. And I had this like big <laughs> mind blowing realization that he is like, he is the one thing that is a constant in my life. And it was just such a beautiful moment. And so after that contraction where I had been all over the universe and came back and had that realization, I come back into the room and I cry and I look at him and I tell him this. And of course, he's a very rational, logical kind of guy. <laughs> but he just, he just pats me on the shoulder like, yeah, that sounds great, honey. <laughs> You're doing great. I'm like, but you're, you're not getting this. Here was I, you, you were, I was having this wonderful, like mind shattering experience of so much love and intensity. And he just, 
I, it was so hard for me to understand how the other people in the room just weren't even aware of the things happening to me. So that was, that's a funny thing we talk about. <laughs> and, but this part of the nitrous oxide experience, it was fairly, it was good. Like, I think I healed a lot during this experience, but unfortunately it didn't last <laughs> or it didn't keep being good in this way. I'm wondering if something went wrong with the gas cylinders. So I was getting less oxygen or someone also suggested at some point that it could have been that I just, that later in, in labor, you just need more oxygen. And the gas that I was breathing was just not supplying what I needed. In any case, the result of that was that I felt I couldn't breathe. I felt like I, I was being strangled or like breathing syrup. And so I would throw my mask off mid contraction. And what that led to was the pain and intensity of everything uh, it came back and it pulled my soul <laughs> that was somewhere out there, <laughs> pulled it back into my body. And now I was experiencing the excruciating intensity of labor that my body had not felt before when I was using the nitrous oxide. And so I just kept bouncing in and out. And it was very much a near-death experience. I was not at any physical risk or anything, but my mind thought I was dying every time I came back. I was like, oh my God, my body is about to explode. There's going to be pieces of me everywhere on the wall. <laughs> I thought I was going to explode. Yeah. So yeah, I do think that or I will never know, I will never have any proof of this. And maybe there will be research in the future that can maybe show that experiences like mine have some effect. But I suspect that these experiences and the fear that came with the, the near-death experience part of it, I, I think it stalled labor or maybe even reverted the progress that I had made. I think I was very close to transition, very close to pushing because I had felt the urge almost to push. And then when they checked me after all, this whole ordeal, I was just at an eight. And so we decided for Pitocin, a little bit of Pitocin and the epidural in the end. And that's what got me on the, through the final stretch. And I gave birth to my beautiful son and he came out big and healthy and <laughs> everything went fairly well. And yeah, I was, I think that part was still as beautiful as it could have been. Yes. But wow, that was a wild ride. Wow. What? Thank you for sharing, Sandra, because what an incredible experience, right? You really went through so many different feelings and emotions. I know in a relatively short period of time, even though it was over many hours and a day, but you experienced it all. And and I'm glad that you could give voice to what each aspect was like and that epidurals have a time and place. I think that epidurals are really positive. And when people reach a point where whatever I often say from my mentor, when pain becomes suffering and pain doesn't have to be physical, right? It can be emotional pain. It can be past triggers. It can be whatever. But epidurals can help you safely and gently have a beautiful, positive birth. So thank you for sharing your story. And boy, you had me when you were going in and out and in and out. I can't even imagine straddling two worlds 
And also the fear that you experienced that, you know, you were going to die, that this was the end. You really encapsulated so much. So as you think about your birth now and like after, now that you've processed it all, what emotions are you left with? If you would have to choose three words that you would say or a short sentence about your birth, how are you feeling? Overall, very positive, very healing, but a little bit disappointing, especially on where the understanding of the pain-pleasure continuum is and what our bodies can do. And what do you wish you knew or all of us that are listening knew about that pain-pleasure continuum? I think pain and pleasure are two sides of the same coin. And we have techniques and tools within our bodies to flip the coin. And that, in order to use those tools, we first need to have the mindset in place. And as you, you touched upon when pain turns into suffering, I believe the same thing that at some point pain can become suffering, but suffering, it's a state of mind. Birth is not painful or pleasurable. It's intense. And how we interpret that in our brains is a lot up to us and a lot up to also our conditioning. But we do have conscious choice in how we want to approach it. And so I don't think I managed to get all the way there. <laughs> I didn't manage to stay on top of the intensity to surf the waves as much as I wanted to. But after my birth experience, I still believe that I have within me the power to do so. So maybe if I get the chance again, I hope so, <laughs> I will prepare even more to really meet that intensity, to meet my body where it is at every stage. So beautifully said. And as I'm looking at you for listeners, they're not seeing this, although jump over to our Orgasmic Birth YouTube channel and we'll be posting this video. Behind you is a beautiful belly cast. And I'd love for you to talk about that because it's stunningly in the art. So I'd love to know if there's significance in that as well for you. We'll bring it a little bit closer so you can see the colors even more. I decided to, I, I obviously did this before my birth. <laughs> right. The belly was from, I was 38 weeks pregnant and I got so much bigger after this. I was huge, but I decided I wanted to paint on it my experiences during birth. And I had during the whole pregnancy, this vision of, of the tree of lice and me being the tree and my baby being the blossoms on that tree and so I drew a tree and on the stem of that tree which is on the belly itself I I wanted to capture a lot of the colors that I saw during my psychedelic journey <laughs> and so there's a lot of blue and there's some red in there and and some red and green and then the very center there is a big yellow I don't know it's the yellow circle and I don't know it somehow it captures the feeling that I had in my belly during my whole pregnancy. It was my source of, it was my source 
of power. This is where I took my power to give birth from. It was somewhere in my belly. And I, I, I had a very clear image in my mind of where it was inside of me and how, what color it had. And it was yellow for some reason. So here it did. I, it took Beautiful. me a month. Took me a month to paint this. I was just doing a little bit here and there while baby wearing my son. And it, I really am I'm happy with the final product in the end. <laughs> it's beautiful. And it's not only beautiful to look at, but it's beautiful to know that it was a process. It was really a part of integrating your experience and bringing it into a form as well. And for anyone that doesn't know about belly casting, I encourage you to take a look at Sandra's beautiful belly cast. I just think it's such a great way of integrating. So I know you have so many lessons and everyone listening, I hope there's so many things you're taking away from Sandra and her story. But knowing that maybe you'll do it again, or for those people that are listening that might be pregnant or thinking about being pregnant, what's, if you had to say one piece that you would recommend, some wisdom you would want to give them and give yourself for next time, what would that be? I would really use the pregnancy to become as good of a friend with your body as you could possibly be. Nurture that trusting relationship you have with your body to tell you when something is wrong, to tell you when something is right, and to trust that it knows what it's doing. <laughs> because we are so used to controlling our bodies in our society. We are all about diets and restricting what our bodies want to eat. We, we work out and push our bodies to the extreme. We overwork ourselves. We push through. The, if we have a cold or a headache, we just don't listen to the signs from our bodies. And I think I did a fairly okay job that during the pregnancy, but I, I, I still, I learned that I could have gotten even better at it, really nurturing that relationship with my body. And I think it's so important because if you do that, you have that relationship with yourself. You have a much, you have a firewall, let's say, against bad advice and other people's opinions about what should be happening. So it doesn't matter if you end up in the hospital or at home or wherever you choose or don't choose <laughs> to give birth. If you have that inner strength, I think your chances are higher for a positive birth experience. Thank you so much, Sandra. Great, great advice. So I am so grateful that you joined me today to share your story to our our listeners, we always love to hear from you. Please follow us on Instagram at Orgasmic Birth and tag us. What are you taking away from Sandra's story and her wisdom? And if you'd like to positively prepare for birth, we have a class just for you. Our Pleasurable Birth Essentials is for new parents that would like to take this journey and bring healing to yourself to expand your connection to your body and your pleasure. 
and to prepare understanding all your options in birth. So visit orgasmicbirth.com and click on for parents. And we have a lot of special offerings for you. So again, Sandra, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. This was great. Really wonderful. And for everyone, please subscribe. Please rate our podcast. Leave a review. We love to hear from you. And we look forward to having you join us for the next episode of the Orgasmic Birth Podcast. Thanks for listening to the Orgasmic Birth Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to learn more about pleasure in birth parenting and birth work, visit orgasmicbirth.com forward slash more for my free gifts. And please leave a review about your experience. Reviews help us to reach more people and please subscribe.